Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 72 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to share a quote from the late, great George Carlin today. Tell people there's an invisible man in the sky who created the universe and the vast majority will believe you. Tell them the paint is wet and they have to touch it to be sure. Welcome to the Speaking Club podcast, because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching, and business success. And now your host, Sarah Archer. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. And I've got something really cool to share today. Now, you'll probably know that most of the time as a speaker, you'll be trying to convince people to take a different view of their life, their business, their health, or something else. But it's likely that your audience is going to hold beliefs about you, the topic themselves and a bunch of other things that might get in the way of them buying into what you're sharing. Now, to overcome these beliefs, you're going to have to engage your audience in a way that shows them that what you're offering is possible and possible for them. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'll be sharing the most powerful tool public speakers have in their arsenal for changing beliefs, which can in turn change people's lives. But before I head into the show, I wanted to let you know about something in the pipeline. Now, I've had a number of people ask me about getting speaking coaching. Now, I do coach people one to one, but on a limited basis. So what I'm developing is a course to help you if you want to step things up and become a sensational speaker. Now, obviously, the podcast helps you do that. But if you want to get a bit deeper, this is going to be for you. And I'm really excited, but it's not quite ready yet. So if you're interested in finding out more, you can sign up to join the waiting list and then you'll get notified when the course is available. If you want to do that, just go to www.thespeakingclub.com slash speaking course. That's speakingclub.com slash speaking course. And I'll also put a link in the show notes. Okay, let's crack on. What I'm going to share with you had a profound effect on me back when I discovered it in 2009. And today it's at the heart of everything I do in, in speaking and on the marketing side of my business as well. So back in 2009, I went to a self-development course that was over a weekend. And at the time, I was in my first HR director role, and I'd been struggling to let go of the operational side of things and step up to being uh, more strategic and delegating. So work had given me a coach, and this coach I recommended going on this sort of course, this weekend course, not for anything specifically relating to work, but more to sort of help me personally, because the course was about designing the life you want, which, as it turned out, didn't include being a HR director, <laughs> funnily enough. So this course started on a Friday morning, really early. And I walked into this big hotel conference room, you know, the normal sort you get. And I was really excited, but I was nervous as well. And the room was packed of with people of all ages and from all walks of life. And I mean literally all walks of life. And they'd set out the chairs in, a, in rows. There was no tables. All the chairs were facing the stage and the stage just had one stall on it. And I... It, there was just one coach for this whole weekend. It was kind of like a Tony Robbins event, I guess. 
And the weekend was really long and really tough. And it was an emotional coaster ride for me. You had to take a really good hard look at yourself and your life. But during that weekend, I learned a massive lesson, one that's been priceless for me getting out of my own way in everything that I've done since, and also understanding and connecting better with other human beings. And the lesson was this, when something happens to us in our lives, it could be something, someone says something to us, or we don't get something we want, or someone breaks up with us, or someone takes advantage of us, or we fail at something, whatever it is, something happens. And we make what happened mean something about us. We make up a story about it. And in the cases where we get hurt by this thing, then we might also make a decision about how we're going to act or think or behave in the future about uh, based on that story. And that's to protect ourselves from the same thing happening to us again. And a lot of the time, we're not even aware that we made that decision, especially for things that happened to us when we were little. And so much of what we believe about ourselves and the, the things that, we, you know, the thing, hot buttons, if you like, are related to things that happened to us when we were little that we made decisions about, that we created stories about. And, and what they were getting across to us then that weekend, and I think pretty much the whole weekend was sort of tailored to, to get this key message across, is that whilst we think our future is a blank piece of paper, it's actually getting filled up, being influenced by the things that have happened to us in the past. These programs, you probably if you think about them as computer programs that, that are running based on those stories that we told ourselves Uh, based on the things that happened to us. Now, if you're thinking, yeah, okay, fine, but what's that got to do with public speaking? Trust me, it's got masses to do with it and it'll all become clear. Just hold on. Okay, so I want to share, to illustrate this, I want to share some examples of the stories that I heard that weekend from the people that got coached and I'm going to share one of my stories. Okay, so the first one was that these these ones that really sort of stuck with me from from that time yeah almost well 10 years ago now I guess so the first one was there was an actress and um she got up to get coached and she was having trouble because she'd almost got this OCD about learning lines and it was getting in the way of her yeah learning them and in the way of her getting jobs as an actress and as the coach worked with her he we found out that something happened when she was a little. So basically she was um, in primary school and her and her mum went to the bus stop and they were waiting for a bus to take her to school. And when they got to the bus stop, they realised that this little girl didn't have any knickers on, uh, panties or whatever you call them. And her mum decided to leave the little girl at the bus stop without any panties on, go home, get them, come back and put those knickers on at the bus stop in front of this little boy and whoever else was there at the bus stop. And that little girl was so humiliated and embarrassed about 
having that situation happen to her and having to have those panties put on in front of these people, that she made a decision that she would never not be prepared again. And that played out in her life to the fact that she wouldn't, she was almost OCD about stuff. She couldn't, you know, she was really over the top and, and it was getting in the way. And so he made her aware, this coach, from sort of talking about this stuff, that this had happened. And, and this little girl was running her life. And yeah, that really just resonate. I, I don't, I, not that that happened to me, but it was just like, wow, it's, it's amazing how that decision has influenced her and was holding her back in her life. Okay. Then there was another, a lady that got up and she was quite resistant to the coaching. And she said, oh, I shouldn't even be here. It's not me who needs this coaching. It's my, it's my boyfriend that needed it. And it turned out that when she was little, she had had, um, you know, I guess it's one of those, she was, she was really nice looking girl. Um, but when she was little, she had an eye patch. She had bottle top glasses. In the UK, we call them NHS specs because they were like these red and blue um, spectacles, all, all, you know, little kids and they, they bottle top. So goggles, you couldn't really see them. I was really sort of, um, magnified her eyes and she had braces and she she kind of had like the, the sort of worst scenario for for kids and obviously people made fun of her when she was little and and really sort of bullied her I guess and she made a decision when she was little based on what those people said to her that she wasn't worthy of being loved that she was unlovable and the way that this played out in her life, that belief that she wasn't worthy, and she, it wasn't a conscious belief, was that when someone did have a relationship with her when she was older, when someone fell in love with her, she didn't believe that they really loved her because she didn't feel she was worthy. So she would almost sabotage the relationship and push them away and be jealous and, and insecure and and. And the reason, and, and just seeing the realization of this, dawn, you know, dawn on her, and 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 she sort of realized that it wasn't her boyfriend. You know, that's she was projecting her insecurities onto her relationships, and that's why she kept losing people. And that was just again a sort of another wow moment about how those stories we tell ourselves. It's not just when we're young, but they tend to stick until we're about seven is when when those stories have a massive impact on us. And then for me, my story, I've got a really hot button about fairness and justice. And, and I found out that this was because when I started school, I went to a Catholic school and we had a nuns t- teaching us. And I remember going to school and I had a blazer on and I had a beret on and I was all very smart. And I was in the playground before school started. And this girl, Maxine, her name was, um, it's so, it's not important, but it's amazing how, what effect it's had on me. This girl took my lovely beret and yeah, like the French wear and threw it in a puddle. And I collected my I was quite upset I was only four I think maybe four or five something like that and I took my bear out of the puddle and I went 
to the teacher. Now, back in my day, you, you weren't encouraged to go and tell people things happened. And now today it's all changed. You should go and tell people if something happened to you. So I went to tell the, the, the headmistress happened to be this nun, Sister Mary Loman, uh, God rest her soul. And I told her, I went up to her and I said, she threw my berry in the, in the puddle. And Sister Mary Loman basically decided that she would give Maxine the slipper so she'd get this plimsoll out and she would take you and she would hit you on the bum with this plimsoll. She would give Maxine the, the slipper for, for throwing my berry in the puddle. And she also decided that it was appropriate to give me the slipper for telling tales. <laughs> and, and I couldn't believe the injustice of this at the time, obviously. And so I guess I made a decision uh, that, you know, uh, that it, this has been a hot button for me ever since. It still kind of is. You know, I'm aware of it now. And I guess this is part of it is once you become aware of these things, you can you can be a bit more objective about them. So so the thing is this, those stories, you know, what does it mean for us as speakers? So what? Well, what it means is that when you are trying to influence, to inspire, to impact an audience, to get something new across to them, to make them buy into change, whatever it happens to be, your audience will be sitting, listening to you, trying to convince them of something and they'll have objections surfacing about what you're saying. And these objections will be underpinned by beliefs that have come from the stories they told themselves about something that happened to them or to someone that they knew in the past. And, and not only individuals, these objections can be collectively held by an audience too. I mean, how many times have you heard uh, when you go into a company, someone will say, oh, it doesn't work. We tried it, it doesn't work. You know, there's stories that, that come out from the culture of an organisation that influence how successful that business is or, you know, religions have stories and all sorts. So individually and collectively, people have objections underpinned by beliefs that are underpinned by the stories that we told ourselves when things happened. So the only way you're going to be able to reach the subconscious of your audience and overcome those objections, and this is for marketing too, is if you tell them another story which shows them why their original story isn't true anymore. And that is why stories are so powerful and important for us as speakers to use. Facts won't shift objections and beliefs, only stories will. If you can tell a story that trumps their story, then you can replace their belief with yours. So your job in speaking, pitching and in marketing too is to change beliefs and your secret weapon to achieve that, to connect with people emotionally is stories. And that is why when I coach speakers, we spend time and a fair amount of time going through my speak framework. And that is all about the strategy, the problem, the end point, the audience and the kernel message. And in the audience part of using this framework, we spend time thinking about who the, the person is going to be speaking to, their audience, and what are the most likely objections people will have to what they're saying and what beliefs might underpin those objections and what stories those beliefs might be based on. 
And then we find stories that we can use. And these can be your own story, anecdotes, case studies, research, whatever. It's got to have a narrative, a little bit of a story to give them an epiphany about their own beliefs and stories because they'll be transporting themselves into your story and having that epiphany. And, and, and we show, those, show them through those stories that what they believed might actually be false and what you're suggesting might be possible. And the bottom line is this, the secret to becoming a public speaker that changes people's lives is understanding that you are in the belief changing business, not the speaking business. And stories are how you change beliefs. And that is why I love them. And I hope that you, if you don't already, can see why you need to start loving them too. And if you take this stuff on board, I promise you that you will have a much greater impact on your audience. And it works day to day too. So here are the takeaways for this episode. Make sure you spend some time thinking about the objections, beliefs and stories that your audience might have about the problem and solution that you're going to be speaking about. Make sure and you've done that, you find stories that will trump their stories and show them that what you're advocating is possible and possible for them too. Okay, cool. Well, that is it for this episode. As ever, I want to thank you so much for listening, for giving me your time and your attention. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on another show. And also, I really appreciate it if you could give the show a rating and review wherever you're listening. Ideally iTunes and there's some uh, a link in the show notes so that you can work out how to do that because sometimes people find it a little bit challenging. Um, it's not that intuitive, I don't think. But yeah, really appreciate that because it does help the show get found and I put a lot of effort in. And I do read them. I really appreciate you, you taking the time to do that. Coolio. And remember, last thing, if you want to get on the waiting list for the Sensational Speaker course, then go to thespeakingclub.com slash speaking course. Well, thank you again. And don't forget to go and grab your life by the nuts and get creating those stories. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Speaking Club podcast at www.saraharcher.co.uk.